Good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvesan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, why don't you go ahead and give us a call right here at WJBO 1150. We'll be glad to try to get you up to the top of the list. That's 499-9526. Of course, if you add 225 to the beginning of that, that'll hit you from anywhere in the United States. That's right, and we're giving away the T-shirt for the farthest caller today. That's right. Yeah, just give us a call and be sure to let the producer know where you're calling from, and that way he can get your address, and I'll USPS a T-shirt to you, Agco T-shirt. There you go. In fact, I'm feeling particularly benevolent this morning. I may oh, yeah? give you one of our new retro T-shirts. Hey, now that's all right. <laughs> that is a much-coveted uh, Baton Rouge classic retro Agco t-shirt there you go yeah you just go ahead and give us a call and just in case something happens to mess up and we don't get your address go ahead and send me an email and with that on there that way i'll have the information because that's right if i don't have your address and a way to get in touch with you i don't know where to send it i can't send it to every address in the united states so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah just go to the website yeah go to the form there Mm-hmm. On the website, fill out all the vehicle information. You can put a note at the bottom. That's right. And let Lewis know. That you are the one who called and Correct. this is your address and so on and so forth. And also, be sure you put your size preference. But most likely, if he's not absolutely inundated with calls and then get the address going on, and- I'll get it online. <laughs> <laughs> that way, you don't have to worry about that. Just give us calls, 499-WJBO, and we'll be glad to get you up there top of the list. We've got Kevin online. Good morning, Kevin. Hey, Lewis. How you doing, sir? Pretty good. I got a question for you. You know, I've kind of always had a soft spot for, like, the mid-'80s Corvettes. Yes, sir. And I know that's getting kind of dated, but I was wondering if I should stick with a lower-mile 80s Corvette or go with, like, a 1997 with higher miles. And You could be much, much, much better off with a newer car with higher miles. Okay. Because miles do not hurt a car nearly as bad as time. Okay. And the things that miles tends to do to a car are relatively easy to correct. Whereas things that time does to a car are almost impossible to correct. For instance, the plastic in the dash starts to crack up. Well, that's very difficult to correct. If you can find it. If you can find it. All the rubber, all the plastic in the car starts to deteriorate. Those things are extremely difficult to correct. Now, if you got 250,000 miles and the ball joints wear out, that's pretty easy. That's a bolt-on. If the axle bearings wear out, again, bolt-on part and you're back as good as new. Air conditioner compressor, all that stuff you bolt-unbolt, real easy. But when time starts to get into it, it's just, it becomes extremely expensive and extremely difficult to repair things that time does. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I would expect, you know, radiator, heater core, things mm-hmm. like that. But, but again, that's stuff you could probably do yourself. Right. That, that's relatively easy. And the outcome is going to be so much better because if you take a radiator out and you put a new one in, it's fixed. You're done. Right. But when all the rubber and all the plastic on the car is deteriorating, breaking down... How do you fix that? (laughs) Or the wiring starts to crumble. How do you fix that? So the old, old cars, if you went back to the 1950s, you didn't really have a lot of trouble restoring those because everything on the car was metal. They didn't use a lot of plastic, didn't use a lot of rubber. You build a 55 Chevrolet, yeah, it's going to pretty much last forever, 32 Ford, 40 Ford. You could pretty much restore that car like brand new because all of the rubber and all the plastic on that car could fit in the palm of one of your hands. Right. So you had something there to work with. But when you start getting up into the 80s, 90s, and later, the cars just don't lend themselves to preservation nearly as well as those older ones did. So I would go with a later model with higher mileage. Should I be concerned about going to the OBD2? I just... I always wonder if I'll be able to pass inspection. Well, the good thing about if you get a 95 or early is you don't have to worry about that because the law grandfathers those in. So anything 95 back, you do not have to worry, concern yourself with that. So that's kind of a big advantage. 
when you go to 96 up, you're going to have to meet the emission standards, which can get difficult as the car gets older. Certainly not impossible, but just gets a little bit more difficult. So something you weigh in there one way or the other. There are advantages to it. There are disadvantages to it. But I wouldn't be awfully concerned about that. Okay. All righty. I just wanted to let you guys know I really enjoy your show. We have uh, Brian Terry on there as well today. We That's do? right. <laughs> hey, Brian, how's it going? Good, man. Well, I appreciate it. I'll be uh, listening to you guys okay. on the podcast. All right, Sounds thank great, you. man. Thanks Thank for calling. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, and let's see. We're going to our lines with Russ. Good morning, Russ. Good morning, sir. How you guys doing? Doing great, sir. I have a very simple question. My son has a 2002 Toyota Solera. Okay. And he doesn't drive it much. He was just driving back and forth to school and to work. Started using synthetic oil. Okay. Does he change that every three thousand miles still? Russ, the stories about synthetic oil going real long come out of the marketing department, and what they are trying to do is make it seem more cost effective. Now, I'll give you my opinion on it. Synthetic oil is a great product, but it is a better detergent than regular oil, so it is going to get dirtier than regular oil. I think you're doing yourself a real disservice going synthetic if your plan is to make it last longer. I would go to synthetic all if I wanted more protection, if I were abusing the car, if it's operating in extreme conditions, so on and so forth. I would never go to synthetic all with the plan of extending it out longer. I think you're better off with conventional all changing at 3,000 miles. Let's go back to a, a regular... Cost is going to be lower doing that and... Like I said, there are things that synthetic oil does real well. And there's a lot of the new cars require synthetic oil because they've gone through these ultralight viscosity oils like 0W20, and the only thing that can meet 0W20 is a synthetic product. You can't meet it in a conventional oil. So they require synthetic. So if your car requires it, you got to use it. It's mute point. But to use synthetic in a normal daily driver where you're putting a fair number of miles on it, not going to hurt anything, but I don't think you're getting your money's worth, and you're way better off to use a conventional law and change it more frequently because nothing gets the liquid contaminants, nothing gets the condensation out except a drain and fill. They go right through the oil filter, and when, let's say, you're doing short trips and you're starting, stop, start, stop, start, and stop, well, all that condensation builds up in your crankcase. You're not going to get it out unless you do a drain and fill or you put the car on the road for 500 miles. So... That's going right through the oil filter, and I just feel like it's a disservice. I find that changing the oil more frequently is the best thing you can do for yourself and your car. Yeah, that, that's what he does. That's why he was asking. He's been. This is like his, his third oil change with the synthetic. Yeah. He was. He goes every three thousand miles. He'll change it. Well, and that's the ideal. I mean, that's the optimum. I do the same thing on my cars. I use Mobile One synthetic in all my cars, and I change it at three thousand. But see, I operate under extreme conditions because I'm very, very short drive. I live about four miles from the shop, so I drive four miles to work. It sits there all day. I drive four miles home. Yeah, Every once in a while, I go to the grocery store or something, but my cars get extreme service, so I use synthetic, and I change every 3,000. That's about what he does. He lives two miles from school and three miles from work. Well, and the, the only thing the synthetic is going to do is cost you a little more. It's certainly a better product. It's certainly going to give you more protection. It just may or may not be necessary, but I would not use it with the thought of extending out my oil change. Yeah, okay. All righty. All right. Thank you, sir. Hey, Russ. Thanks for calling, man. Bye-bye. All right. 499-9526. Number on 1150 WJBO. Hey, you feel like giving us a call? Why don't you call us? We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's right. Get you right to the top of the list.
Right now is a great time to call. Back about, I guess it was two or three weeks ago, we had mentioned, I had someone emailed, and they said that in California they were proposing legislation where they were going to fine you if you changed your oil. I heard about that. Well, I researched that, and I can't find anything to support that at all. And I had a fellow from California wrote me. He says, that's not the case. So I did do a significant amount of research, and I couldn't find anything that Uh substantiated that. Now, there is a radio program and a media program to tell folks to change their oil at a longer interval, which right. I think is a disservice to the citizenry. <laughs> it really is, because you're not getting the contaminants out. Right, but there is no legislation pending on that or anything that says you've got to do that. Right. What happens, and I have heard all the arguments on both sides, and I've seen 45 years worth of cars torn down, and just, I guess, the best thing I can say in favor, at least in my own mind, is in the last five years, we have changed more motors than I have in the first 45 years I was in business. I know it. I know it. It seems like two a month. Yeah, or or even one a week now. And every one of them, and that's not to count all the ones we repair, the oil leaks and things like that, seals getting hard, parts varnishing up. These are just the ones that won't move Yeah, those are the ones that throw a rod or something, lose oil pressure. But camshafts wearing out, sure. that was almost unheard of. Well, and oil does so much more now than it used to. Well, it does. The oil actually does lubricate the engine, as like it, it always does. did. Right. However, it also runs variable cam timing. It runs displacement on demand it and runs any some of number them, of other things. Some of them run the tensioners on the timing The hydraulic chains. tensioners on the chains right. and belts. So there are a huge, huge number of things that oil is doing now. And when you start to extend oil out, of course, the argument is, well, the oil can take it. Well, maybe it can, maybe it can't if you want to run it to absolute point of fail. However, the additives in it cannot take it. Right. And the liquid contaminants that build up in the crankcase Go. that attack your engine can't take it. And the right. only way to get those out is a drain and fill. Because your filter's not going to catch any kind of liquid contaminant. Well, absolutely. If you have any coolant that happens to seep out of the head gas because it seep out the intake, get into the oil... That's going right through that oil filter because it's a liquid the same as the oil is. That's right. It's not going to filter it out. It's going right through. It's going to start forming acids. It's going to start attacking the metal parts of the engine, and you're going to drastically shorten the life of your engine. Well, yeah, and you start running contaminated oil, the filter is going to plug up. Well, can and and bypass. And then it bypasses. Then you have no filtration at all. Not only that, but stuff like the seal conditioners, the polymers, the anti-corrosive agents, anti-foam agents, all tend to deplete out. So now the oil is just not doing its job any longer. That's right. So I think that is probably one of the worst disservices that you can do to people. And there are people who say, oh, well, that's just all change places. I mean, look, all changes are probably the lowest profit thing any oh, yeah. shop does. You, you can't make any profit on an you oil You make change. a heck of a lot more money fixing all leaks and changing motors. Oh, believe definitely. Me. And definitely. you know, they say, well, why would GM do that? They're losing money on all changes. They ain't all changes are chump change. That's it. You know how many motors they're selling now? Uh, exactly. <laughs> Not to mention how many new cars, people right. who don't opt to fix them. Because they're out of warranty. Yeah. yeah. By the time they fail, they're, they're going to make be... 100000 right. but then you have to throw it away at the end. That's right. But, man, I was talking to the guy over at All-Star the other day, and he was saying how many engines and stuff they're selling now. I wouldn't doubt it. He said, man, they're up double what they were a couple of years ago. That's and right. it's all going back to these extended oil changes that people have been sold. And the thing about the old oil that's coming out of the engine anyway, yeah. that is going to the recycle right. and being burnt off as heat and fuel. That's right. So that it's not going back into the environment. 100% of that oil is being recycled as heating oil. So that's right. it's not like you're wasting anything. If you dry that source of oil up, you just got to use virgin oil for heating. 
Right. Because people ain't going to freeze to death. That's <laughs> it. I don't think anybody's advocating people freezing to death. So, <laughs> hey, let's go back to our phone lines. We've got SJ. Good morning, SJ. Hey, Lou. How you doing today? Doing great, Good sir. morning. All right. Look, 2005 Trailblazer. Uh-huh. The battery, well, you know how the, the, that dash on that thing kind of whacked out. You know what I'm talking about on the Okay, phone. yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Now, the needle is on the battery thing is all the way past charging. Now, yeah. Would that be, could that be the, the dashboard? Yeah, or? most likely the instrument panel. They go out constantly. All right. Well, that's good. Well, I, I didn't know if I could, there's a, some type of check I could make sure that the battery. Yeah, oh, yeah, we can check and tell you. Kansas are the gauge, and sooner or later, speedometer's going to do it. Tax's going to do it. All pressure gauge. They're all going to do it. And you can do yourself a favor, and you can yeah. get that unit rebuilt yeah. instead of buying a new one from GM. Yeah. Well, you can't buy a new one. You get well, a rebuild you get a either way. from them. But, but GM's going to charge you about 900 bucks to put them in, and mm-hmm. we can rebuild yours for about $300, $350. So you might want to get it by the shop. We'll look at it and see. We rebuild those all day long. Oh, that's nice. All yeah. right, buddy. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. Hey, Thank you, man. Bye-bye. Okay. All right. We got time for one more before the break. Hey, he gave me the thumbs I th- up. I, th- right. I think a little thumb. <laughs> he stuck something up in the air. Hey, Randall, good morning. Welcome to 1150 WJBO. Good morning. Good morning. It's a pleasure to uh, be on your show. Well, thanks, sir. I was very fortunate to <laughs> come across a, a Taurus, okay. uh, a 93 Taurus. And uh, I got it for a hundred bucks. Oh boy! Well, you you in it right? That's for sure. I was gonna say. <laughs> and I drove a, a tank worth of gas on it, mm-hmm. and then the transmission went out. Oh well, goodness! I came to find out that that that's a common issue. Fairly on common, cars. yes. Sir. How did it go uh, out, Randall? What's it? What's it do? Is quit moving? Yeah, it was a slow leak, and then it was all out. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, Randall. That doesn't mean the transmission's out. That car has a notorious problem of the front seal blowing out in it. They yeah. used a seal, I think was gray in color, and they've replaced it with a seal that's red in color. And many, many times we can just pull trimmers, change that seal, put it back in, which is not real expensive. Wow. But wow. yeah, it, it dump area, dump five or six quarts at one time. Well, it, it may be I'll have a $200 car when I get it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we change those front seals all the time for that problem. All right. Well, thank you so much. Okay, man. All right, sir. Thanks, man. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, we got to take our first quick little break. We'll be right back. Back in a minute on 1150 WJBO. Travel my way, take the highway, that's the best. I get your kicks on Route 66. Okay, look, you've been at the Red Box for 10 minutes and you've got about 30 movies. Yeah, you roll in here with that car with the brakes screeching and the bald tires, and then you ask to cut in line because you're in a hurry. Look, it is 2012, and according to the Mayan calendar, the world ends on December 21st. So, I'm trying to watch all the movies I can before then. So no car repairs either, right? Who's got time for that? Unless you believe the world will end this year, car maintenance and repair is not something to put off. Come to Agco automotive and let us show you how we can keep your car in tip-top shape and operating at the lowest overall cost so no car maintenance all movies till december 21st yep i'm stocking up on all the classics too gone with the wind citizen kane alvin and the chipmunks the squeakle <laughs> I, I knew he was crazy yep want to learn more about why agco is the place to go visit agcoauto.com that's a-g-c-o-a-u-t-o.com Hey, welcome back to the Automotive Hour on 1150 WJBO. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Between two of us, we're trying to answer any automotive questions you might have. Go ahead and give us a call. Just in case you don't care to call in, something occurred to you later on in the week. That's right. You can actually go online and send Louis a 
message and get your questions answered that way. That's right. You can go to our website. It's www.agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Easy way to remember that is take the acronym Zaltazan's Garage Company. Mm-hmm. There's a contact bar on every page. You can send Lewis an email any time of the day or night. Usually get it back within 24 hours, depending on when you send it. Yeah, sometimes a lot sooner. I do check my email several times during the day, even at work. And when I get home at night, I pretty much am in front of the computer, so I check it regularly. Now, next week we'll be there all week, but the week following we'll be on vacation for a week. But you can still reach me. I'll have my laptop with me. Even on vacation. That's right. Sitting out there by the beach, looking in the ocean, typing, answering emails. Typing away, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's dedication, buddy. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Lots of good things you can do while you're on that site. Of course, there's the vehicle questions. Sort of a short, to the point, answer to a direct question. Right. And then there's the vehicle topics. Right. Detail topics. Detail topics. Mm-hmm. Which is a much more in-depth article on a certain topic. A lot of information on one particular topic. And I try to put... A lot of how-to things in there. Put one on there this morning on how to buy parts like a pro. Uh huh. And I think that's kind of a timely topic. Just about anyone who maintains or works on their own cars, sooner or later is going to have to interact with the parts people. Right. And whether it's buying a can of oil or buying an oil filter or buying a water pump or whatever, this is just several tips that professionals use when buying parts. For instance, a lot of folks get real confused with right and left on a car. What's right, what's left? Right. Is it when you're sitting in the driver's seat? Or when you're standing in front standing of it. Standing in front of it. Or standing behind it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but there's a picture there that tells you. In the United States and Canada, left is always the driver's side. Right is always the passenger side. Correct. So you can also just use the side of the car. Most professionals are going to order by left and right, but if you don't feel comfortable with that, just tell them pass your side or driver's side. And it's easier, especially if you're having to deal with somebody else. Who doesn't know? Who doesn't really understand what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You can tell them, I want this for the passenger side of the car mm-hmm. or the driver's side. The only problem with that would be like a mail truck. Mm-hmm. And they're That's actually, right, where the passenger is actually right hand drive. <laughs> but how many so, mail trucks are you ever going to work on? Two. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> And, of course, it tells you a little bit about VIN numbers, how to use the VIN number to get the right part, and not only how to use it, but the proper way to use it. Correct. Because if you walk into a dealership and the guy is, let's say he just doesn't, he's not really into his job. Uh Uh-huh. You may give him the VIN number. He says, yeah, 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 yeah. And then what kind of car is it? Right. If he asks you what kind of car it is, he didn't put that VIN number in. That's right. Because it does take a little bit of extra effort on his part to do it, but it makes the whole job so much more accurate. And you're almost guaranteed... The right the correct part. part. Yeah. I know several dealerships, they won't talk to you unless you got a VIN number. Well, and that's how it should be. I know when I call a dealer or anyone, first thing I do is I give them the VIN number. I don't give them the car. Uh-huh. And then I ask them, what kind of car is it? I want to make sure they typed it in. Correct. And then he can repeat back to me what kind of car it is, what kind of options it's got. And that way I know he has used that VIN number. And he has the correct information right. now. But that and several other tips on there, just ways to avoid confusion, make sure you get the right part, and so on. And some information about... About selecting parts. parts yeah what certain things mean in other words is a new part better than a rebuilt part stuff like that, that you may or may not be aware of so pop on there see what you think it's www.agcoauto.com i think you'll really like it and we're going back to our phone line with thomas good morning thomas morning lewis how you doing today? doing great sir i got a question i heard something the other day it was and it was an advertisement mm-hmm. and it's for it's a new type of oil from one of the major oil companies okay. I, won't, mm-hmm. I won't give them any I won't give yeah, any yeah, don't but anyway, 
they're talking about they have like a zinc additive or whatever, and they're talking yeah. to, it's a synthetic oil, mm-hmm. and they're saying that adding the zinc or, or it's a, evidently some type of soft metal. Yeah, they said it will reduce your engine wear by over ninety eight percent. And yeah. I'm gonna hang up and let you answer that. Okay, Thomas. Every oil on the market, Thomas, has zinc as well as several other metals like molybdenum and so on and so forth. Every so often, some company hits on a marketing ploy, which all this is. They'll pick one particular additive, and then they'll make a big deal out of it. They don't say, well, every, every other oil company out there uses zinc also. They'll say, we use zinc, and it cuts wear, such, such, such. It's kind of like saying, we put detergent in our oil, and that's going to help clean your engine, yeah, 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 and making a big old deal out of it without saying, well, everybody else does the same thing. They're just the first ones to throw it out there, so... This using it as a marketing right. ploy, it's sort of like one of the gas companies says, you know, we put nitrogen in our gas. Okay, so does everybody else. Right. It's just, you pick one particular topic, and then you just make out like it's a real big deal. Another thing, just kind of branching off the same subject, is the high mileage oils and all they've come out with now. Uh-huh. Again, there's nothing different about those oils than any other oil. Except the regular oil, the price. Yeah, the price and the, the label. The oil that comes in your car is good enough for the life of the car. Correct. Just change it regularly, and you're not ever going to have any problem. You don't need any kind of additives. You don't need any kind of high mileage. You don't need any kind of extended formula. All that is is marketing. That's right. You know, they Just pick one thing, and to- they make a big deal out of it, and then – Kind of like politicians. <laughs> They'll pick oh, one topic and make a whole big deal. Never say, well, everybody else do the same thing. That's right. Anyway, I hope that answered your question. If not, just give us a call back or hit me on the website, and I'll go into it in more detail with you. And I see we have got to take one more quick little break. Don, if you can hold on, you're going to be straight up after this break. Clint, what's with the huge crate? My 120-inch Platinum 3D TV. Splurging, huh? Putting it all on the credit card, and since the Mayan calendar predicts the world ending December 21st, I'll never have to pay it back. That would explain the giraffe and elephant in your backyard. Have you thought about fixing your car, buddy? Your old one is in pretty bad shape. Leaking oil, screeching brakes. My car can make it to December. Plus, I need money to complete my set of life-size Star Wars action figures. Yoda is an expensive one, he is. Unless you believe the world will end this year, car maintenance and repair is not something to put off. Come to Agco Automotive and let us show you how we can keep your car in tip-top shape and operating at the lowest overall cost. You know, if your car won't run, you can always ride your elephant. Great idea. Let me Google elephant license. Uh, okay, you know I was joking, right? Want to learn more about why AGCO is the place to go? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O dot com. Hey, welcome back. Please join us. The Automotive Hour on 1150 WJBO. Hey, I'm your host, Louis Aldezan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Just go ahead and give us a call. That's 499-9526, and we will put you right up to the top of the list. And we've got Don's been patiently holding. Good morning, Don. Good morning. Uh, look, I just want to let y'all know we really appreciate you having this program on the radio every Saturday. It's, uh, it's a big help. Well, thank you. And, and I, my question is, my wife has a 2007 Mercedes S550. Okay. And in the last maybe two weeks or so, every once in a while when you turn the key on, it doesn't do anything immediately. I mean, it might take a second or two. Uh, before the starter engages. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, do I need to be uh, checking the battery, or is, is my potentially a starter problem? 
maybe not I the one, Don. I know I don't work on Mercedes or European cars myself, but I know they've had a lot of trouble with that key system doing that. The reason I know that, we had one come in for an alignment, and it did the same thing, and we fiddled with it and finally started. And I did a little bit of research on the Internet. If you go on the net and just type in Mercedes turnkey, no start type thing, it's going to bring up a 1,000 people complaining about that. Okay. And there's some kind of a little laser in the end of that key that if you look at it, the little red lens can break or crack or fall out. That's one of the things that seems to cause it. Another is a little receiver in module in, that's tied to that. But I know they have a lot of trouble with that. And what it'll do, you put it in any turn, it does nothing, and you might play with it a few times, and it'll go ahead and go. But okay. that would be my suspicion. And somebody who works on Mercedes or European cars could tell you better. I know with a European scan tool, you can put the key in and you can see what it sees and you can see if that's the problem or not. If you've got another key, you might just try it. Like if you've got a spare key or maybe your key or your wife's key, right. try it and see if it does if it does it more with one key. Right. Well, look, that may be it. Cause it well, the key I have is one that originally came with a car and it's mm -hmm. kind of beat up and old. Yeah. And, the, and the, I've noticed it only does it whenever I get in the drive. Well, there you go. Wife, that's just I gave probably... my wife a new, a new key when we bought the car. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that I never thought about it. Yeah, you key. might want to have that key replaced because it'll leave you stranded one day. Okay. All righty. I appreciate it. All right, Don. Thanks, Carl. Can I ask you one more quick you question? You bet. Go ahead. This is what may seem, may seem kind of simple, but what kind of a tire gauge would, would a person buy if he wanted one that you could pretty much trust to be accurate? Well, it depends on your definition of accuracy. If you want the absolute best gauge in the world, go to our website, and we've got a gauge in there that comes out of Sheffield, England, that is the best gauge in the world. I mean, bar none. That's what we use in the shop. It's guaranteed accurate plus or minus about a tenth of a PSI. Now, they're kind of pricey, but if you want the ultimate gauge, that's it. And look at that one, and you can order it on the website. We'll UPS it right to you. You can pick one up at the shop. We keep them in stock all the time. We okay. started buying them for ourselves, and we were so impressed with it, we just started selling We're actually a distributor in North America for them now. But that's the ultimate. And then moving down from there, kind of, I would stay away from most of the low-dollar digital gauges because most of those aren't real accurate. I'd stay away from any of the dial face gauges. Those aren't accurate. The actual pencil gauges are the most accurate. In fact, if you go on my website and just type in air gauge, there's a whole article on air gauge. It tells you all about all the different types and, and all that. It gives you a ton of information on it. Okay. Well, look, you, you say you have them in stock? We do. Yes, we keep okay. them all the time. Okay, well, I know exactly what that is. So all I'll right, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks, yes, sir. All right, Thanks for calling in. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526 is the number, and we'll be glad to get an answer for you. You just give us a call. And let's see. We have got Chadley's been patiently holding. Good morning, Chadley. Hey, good morning. How are you gentlemen doing? Doing good great, morning, sir. sir. Excellent. Hey, I got a 2001 Chrysler Sebring. Uh -huh. uh, not sure what the VIN number is because I'm driving it right now. Uh -huh. but, uh, troubleshooting code P0442. It basically tells me that it's a small leak, no, no flow condition, evaporated emission system. Mm -hmm. Yes, right. Chadley, blah, there's, blah, blah, there's blah. probably, well, there's probably about a dozen things that can cause that. I can tell you the single most common thing by a fairly wide margin on a Chrysler Sebring is what they call the leak detection pump. Chrysler uses a different system from everybody else. They use more of a European-style system on that. Most of the domestic manufacturers and Asian manufacturers use engine vacuum to draw a vacuum on the tank to test it for leaks. What Chrysler does, they've got a little pump underneath the car that actually makes the vacuum. Those little pumps go out constantly. I mean, they are an extremely high failure item. That is the most common thing that would cause it. And if that's not it, then it's probably a crack in one of the hoses, that plumbing that goes to it. 
But yes, sir. Do y'all do a like a smoke test? Yes, sir. We've got a smoke machine. We can put on it. We can test the vacuum pump. We can test any part of it. Can you give me that price over the air, or? Well, we bill a little different from everybody else, Chadley. What we do, we charge by the hour. Our labor rate is eighty-eight dollars an hour, and we charge you only for the time we spend. For instance, we spend one-tenth of an hour, it's $8.80. I spend a half hour, it's $44. Spend an hour, it's $88. I can tell you that would be less than an hour to diagnose that problem. But yes, we don't have a flat fee. Some people will charge you X dollars, and if they spend 10 minutes, you still spend X dollars. We don't do that. We only charge you for the time we spend. We're not trying to profit on it. We're just trying to do a service for people. I said, can I throw somebody under the bus on your no, radio No, no, don't do that. <laughs> Get us in trouble. <laughs> Now, I took it yesterday. They wanted to charge me $90, and I won't say the name, but they yeah. wanted to charge me $90, and the gentleman completely just overlooked it. He said, man, we forgot to do it. We changed your oil, but we uh, yeah. we didn't do the smoke test, and the guys left for the day. So I'm yeah. definitely going to bring it to you guys. I just never agree with that flat rate pricing because it's always set to where the shop's going to win. I mean, obviously, they, they're setting the rules. They're going to set to where they're going to win. Yes, so. sir. If well, you hey, go. I appreciate it, guys, and you'll right. be seeing me soon. All right, Chad, All right thanks, man. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. Right, four nine 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 five two six number. You were you saying? I was gonna say if you happen not to want to deal with us or can't reach us mm-hmm. or you're not in this area, you can go to the website. There's an article on there how to select a great shop. There is, and, and there's also goes, an article on EVAP systems that'll. That's it. There's explain a, to you how it works. Exactly. So if you're out of town or can't reach us. You can still find a good shop you can deal with and still feel. It gives you some really good pointers and some things that a lot of people don't think of or aren't aware of. So. Good, good information. Pop on there and see what you think. We going back to our phone lines with Jay. Good morning, Jay. Yes, sir. Um, we have a 2011 Rogue, and it's coming up on 30,000-mile service. Uh-huh. And I'm being told that I need to have the uh, fan belt or drive belt or whatever it is replaced. I need to have the transmission fluid replaced and plus the uh, radiator. And it seemed like to me replacing the fan belt at 30,000 miles. Seems that seems a little of, early, Jay. What year model is it? It's a 2011. It's got about 20,000 wow. miles. Yeah, that seems a little premature to me, Jay. They make a gauge that we use at Agco. We don't go by a mile or a time frame on those. What we do is we put a gauge on it. And you can measure the grooves on those belts and see how much wear you've got on them real clearly. Most vehicles now use a EPDM belt, and they're generally good for 75, 80, up to 100,000 miles. Now, unless that particular vehicle may still use a neoprene belt, I'm not aware. Maybe they do, but you ought to be able to look in your owner's manual, and it should have a maintenance schedule. If not, if you send me an email, I'll go to service information, look it up, and see what the manufacturer recommends on it. There's a handful of cars out there that still use, like, copper spark plugs rather than iridium for different reasons and they have to be changed and the coolant in my opinion again i'm going to test the ph on it i'm not going to go by some schedule simply because miles are almost meaningless on coolant it's strictly time it's a chemical reaction it takes three to five years to occur it doesn't care if it's going around or sitting there so if your car were five years old and had ten thousand miles i'd say it's due but only being one year old, I doubt very seriously it's going to need coolant. And the transmission, again, there's ways to test all these things. I don't ever like going anywhere that has a menu board and says these things to do at these miles because every car is like every person. They need different things. Instead, what we do is a full general inspection. We test everything, and then we tell you what parts need changing. We don't have a set number of things we change at so many miles. Of course, this is a dealership, so... 
Yeah, I would definitely get a second opinion on that, Jay. That seems like salesmanship more than quality workmanship. Okay, well, certainly appreciate your show. Okay, Jay. Thank you. Thanks for calling, man. 499-9526 is the number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour on 1150 WJBO, we'd be glad to try to help you out and point you in the right direction. That is correct. A little earlier we were talking to a caller, and he mentioned a Ford Taurus. Right. And this is a Ford problem, particularly back in the 90s, the mid to late 90s. The front seals in their transmissions, they had, I guess, a defective design. They never did recall it or anything, but they did revise the seal. And I believe the original seal was gray in color, and then the replacement seal was red. But what it'll do, it will do just fine for a number of miles. I mean, that car may go 80, 90, sometimes 100,000 miles. And in one day, you pull up to a stop sign or a red light, particularly after driving for a while, and gadoosh. It, it drops five or six quarts. Five or six quarts of fluid, big, huge puddle, smoke, uh-huh. car quits moving. And an awful lot of people will have their car towed somewhere and end up with a new transmission. Right. But that is not what the case is. Most of the time, if you just fill it up with fluid, it will actually drive to wherever you want to go. You don't have to tow it. Uh-huh. And it may actually go a month or two, sometimes six, before it does it again, but it will do it again. Once it is done it, don't think you're going to fill it up and get by unless you're just going to sell the car. But it's not requiring a new transmission. It requires the transmission to be pulled out and the front pump seal to be replaced, Right. which is far, far, far less expensive than replacing the transmission. And a good way to, to know that is if you fill it back up and it start's pulling again That's and right. it doesn't leak, That's then right. more than likely it's going to be that seal that's... Cause the that is correct. And when you ever have a transmission problem or really any kind of problem, you never want to diagnose that yourself and then call around and get prices on rebuilt transmissions. Right. That is you, the worst thing you can do. Because that's what you're going to get. Oh, absolutely. You're going to get a transmission. Well, the chump who's going to qualify you with a price and bid you in there on a low dollar, he's not going to do it for that price. He's going to hit you much more. But you're getting a rebuilt transmission. It's right. a far, far gone conclusion. Regardless if it was a seal or not. That's right. And also, there's a problem with a lot of the Tauruses where the front input shaft will break and the right. car will just totally quit moving that little shaft will just shear off or it'll strip the splines in the torque converter the car will absolutely quit moving it won't do anything right the but link, sit down rev up the link is gone between the engine and the transmission that's right and you can again pull the transmission out you don't even have to take it apart pull that little link out change it sometimes change torque converter but uh-huh. not always put it back in and that car may go a hundred thousand more miles without any more trouble right but again if you call around and say how much to rebuild transmission the guys who are going to respond to that question are the guys you don't want exactly. to deal with. Exactly. And the guys who are going to tell you they can't tell you, it may infuriate you at the time, but you know what? That's the guy that can help you. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody who gives you a price right off without checking the car, he's not doing you any favor. Right, because you don't know what's wrong with it, neither does he. No, absolutely The car is not. not in his shop. He hasn't looked at no. it. And well, you're making a wrong diagnosis yourself, and then you call around getting prices on the wrong item, and then you're taking in getting the wrong repair. And so you, something's bound to go bad. Yeah, you're going to get taken. That's right. Just about every time, because the folks who specialize in doing those kinds of things, man, look, they are sitting there rubbing their hands, waiting for that phone call. Oh yeah. You call somebody, and he just he's ready to give you a price. Oh, he's right got over every an- he got every answer to every question yeah. you might ever think about having. Hey, let's go back to our phone lines with Michael. Good morning, Michael. Hey, how you doing? I just bought a 98 Dodge Dakota with the 5.2 liter V8 engine, All right, 318. Uh-huh. And the guy I bought the truck from, he has never changed the transmission fluid in it. Okay. And he, he talked to somebody and he said 
it's got 179,000 miles yes, on sir. it. Mm-hmm. And he said, since it has never been changed and has so many miles mm-hmm. on it, he says, don't change it. Yeah. Is that a correct? No, that's not, Mike. In fact, we had the same exact call last week, but I know you probably wasn't listening, so I'll go over it again with you. A proper service cannot uh-huh. ever hurt that vehicle. And keyword and is proper service. It may buy you some time. Where really? that wives' tail comes from is a transmission with 179,000 miles that's never been serviced is apt to go out at any time. Right. Now, some transmission shops don't want to fool with it because if they service it and it goes out the next week, you can always blame them. Okay. Well, it was fine before you serviced it. Well, it's kind of like a man 110 years old. He never ate a piece of celery. Well, each piece of celery, a week later he dies. Did the celery kill him? It was 110 years. <laughs> yeah. So as long as you're an understanding person and you realize, hey, this transmission may fail any time whether you service it or not, right. service may buy you some time on it. At very least, what it's going to do is it's going to drop the pan. You're going to see if there's a bunch of metal in the pan and a gear laying in there. Well, then you know, and you can start making plans towards that. If it's fairly clean, service it up and keep on going. I always make the analogy. I said, thinking that because it hadn't been done in a long time, you shouldn't ever do it. It's like saying I hadn't brushed my teeth in six months, so I ain't never going to brush them again. <laughs> but the key is to get a proper service. Do not let anybody do a flush. Don't do a flush. A flush can wipe it out because what it'll do is stir up the debris that's in the pan and plug the filter up, and then you will well, have you trouble. You want to change the filter and everything. Drop the pan, change the filter, torque the valve body bolts, adjust the linkage, adjust the bands, put it back together with the proper fluid and proper filter, and that okay. way you're good to go. Okay, and also I got another question for you. I just changed the brake pads, uh-huh. and uh, I changed one of the rotors. It was a uh, driver's side rotor. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the driver's side is sticking, like the, the brake pads, they're not, they're not coming back out. Yes, sir. That's very common on that truck, Michael. Is that's it? got phenolic pistons on it. And what happens, uh-huh. those old pads are worn out, so those pistons were extended way out of the caliper. Okay. When you push them back in, they will tend to stick in the bore. And uh-huh. it's a plastic piston, and what happens over time is fluid starts to soak into the piston. It swells up, and it will actually bind in the bore. You're going to need to get that replaced because what will happen, it'll, that wheel will start smoking. It will burn up. Yeah, I know. It's getting hot. It, it will get real hot, hot real yeah. fast. But, yeah, you're going to probably need to replace the calipers on the front, yeah, and I would yeah. go ahead and replace the hoses too because That's the good. reason a lot of calipers go bad is because the hoses are starting to break down from age. So oh, really? replace two hoses, replace two front calipers, and you ought to be in good shape. Yeah, replace is, that, is that a big job? Or is no, it, no, it's pretty not straightforward. If you can do the pads, you can do the calipers. Oh, yeah, I, I could do Yeah, I'd change rotors and pads myself. So. Yeah. The biggest thing is bleeding the brakes out bleeding when you get brakes. through. But, just, again, there's any number of sites on the Internet that will tell you how to do it. It's not really hard. Or, just make sure that the master. I can do, like, drain the fluid out and just push the caliper back in a couple times. Yeah. No, nah. it's not going to. It's going to stay stuck. It's going to stick. It's going to get worse. Yes, sir. It's going to get worse yeah. and worse and worse as it starts to. You, as the heat gets to it, it's right. going to get a whole lot worse. It was sitting yeah. in a spot before where it had worn into, and when you pushed it back in, you just push it into an unworn spot, and it's, it's going to oh, really? swell up. Yeah, it'll yeah. bind up on you. It's going to burn up all the work you've already done. It'll burn that rotor and pad up, and then you have to right. change them too. Okay. Well, it says go ahead and change those things, in your opinion, right? Yeah, sir. I would get it done right now. That way save yourself all yeah. the brakes oh, yeah. from being broke right. down the side of the road and burning oh, up more stuff. Oh, I know. Okay. Well, all I right. appreciate you uh Talk to me. I mean, you have a good day. All Thank right, Michael. You. Thanks for calling, man. All right, you too, bro. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526 is the number right here on 1150 WJBO. You give us a call on our automotive fire, and Brian and I will answer any questions you might have. we got to take a quick little break. Sharon, hold on. You will be up straight after this break.
Hey, Clint, what's that? Take a look. It's my bucket list of things to do before the world ends. Okay. According to the Mayan calendar, the world goes kaput on December 21st, 2012. I got lots to do, neighbor. Uh, bog snorkeling? Punch a whale? Compete in the World Toe Wrestling Championship? I see Meet Julia Roberts is scratched off. Yeah, got her autograph, too. Really? Well, it's on the restraining order. Hey, shouldn't repair my car be on the list? What? Your, your brakes, they're constantly squealing, it shimmies and shakes and leaking oil all over I the think bu- I can make it to December. Unless you believe the world will end this year, car maintenance and repair is not something to put off. Come to Agco Automotive and let us show you how we can keep your car in tip-top shape and operating at the lowest overall cost. Hey, um, isn't this one here illegal? Not in Tijuana, my friend. Want to learn more about why Agco is the place to go? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alzan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Between two of us, try to answer any automotive questions you might have. We've still got a few minutes to get your questions in. That's it. And, of course, we will be a recorded show next week and the following week, as we'll all be out on vacation. But you still got a couple minutes to... That's right. If you just can't get into us next week or the following and you have a question that you just can't wait on, you just give us, so give us an email. Go to the website. That's right, www.agcoauto.com. Hit the contact button and send us an email, and we'll get an answer right back to you. That's it. And we're going to our phone lines with Sharon. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning. My question is, I bought a Toyota Solera, and my son recommended putting synthetic oil okay. in it. Uh-huh. And then I was listening to your program one mm-hmm. morning, and you said that really – because it works so well, it picks up more dirt. So it it's does. really not, yeah, so it's not really feasible. I mean, you're not saving any Well, money let me ask you, Sharon, what year model is it? It's a 2003. Okay, so the older ones, yeah. In my opinion, there are reasons for using synthetic oil. But okay. if you think going long on oil changes, that's just really not a very good deal. You're going to spend right. way more money on repairs than you're ever going to save on oil changes. I recommend people just use a regular oil, which is cheaper, and change it more frequently. You're going to be way, way okay. better off. So it wouldn't hurt to go back to just regular No, ma'am, oil? not at all. Like, They're okay. compatible. I mean, you don't want to sit there and switch back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But right. changing from one and then going to the other, there are actually synthetic blends which mix the two. So okay. the two are compatible one to another. I would stay with the same brand of oil. For instance, if you're using mobile Synthetic, I'd use mobile regular oil because when you change oil brands, you can actually pick up some problems because some of the additive packages are different. But whatever brand of oil, just you can go to their conventional product and just change it more okay. often. Okay. Yeah, because I only did it just once so far. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. There's advantages to synthetic oil. For instance, my cars are under extreme conditions because I do a whole lot of real short trips and that's all I do. I don't ever get on the road with them much. So I uh-huh. use synthetic in mine to get better protection. If you have someone who's really pushing a car hard and they want some extra protection, it's good. A lot of the newer cars require synthetic oil just because some of the things they've got on them and the viscosity they use, they have to have synthetic. But Mm -hmm. on a car that doesn't call for it, and if you get driving normal, I don't really see a big advantage to it. It just costs a whole lot more. Okay. So if I save the synthetic, would you change it every 3,000? I would. I yeah. would, yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, let me ask you, how do you normally drive, Sharon? What's your average trip? I am just really drive. I live in uh, Denham Springs, mm-hmm. and I drive downtown every day, and then an occasional long trip. But yeah, not, you know, if your average often. trip is 10 miles or longer, uh-huh. then you could probably go a little bit longer than 3,000 because you're 
letting that engine get fully warmed up every single day. If you're driving 10 miles every time you get in the car or further and you're making some long trips, you could probably push it out four or five without too much trouble. But where people really, really have problems, they don't realize the definition of severe driving or one of them is short trips. If your average trip is like mine, three, four miles, and then the car sits there. That's right. hard, hard, hard on a car. Okay. But yeah, if you got some long driving, you're driving it every day, it's not sitting up a lot, you could probably no, go no. a little bit longer. No, I put a lot of miles on my vehicle. Yeah, that's, that's a good that's thing. Cars love that. Well, cars <laughs> yeah. love that. That's the right, best, best right. thing in the world for them. Just like a human being, it likes to move around. It doesn't like to lay on the couch. Right, right. Let me ask you one more question. I put new tires on the car, mm -hmm. and before I put new tires on them, they were pretty bald, but... I mean, it rode good, but then when I put the new tires on, it, like, shimmies and everything. And yeah. Don't well, use any brand names on the air, Sharon, but a lot of times, a lot of the tires on the market, it's almost gotten to the point, there's so much junk on the market, it's uh -huh. almost hard to get a good tire. So many of the new tires we see are out of round. They're either uh -huh. mounted or balanced wrong when they put them on. Okay. That's going to be a tire problem, and it's not only going to be annoying to you, but it's going to end up costing you a whole lot of money because that shaking is going to beat up parts under your car. Right. Oops. So I should take it back. To you need to take that them. back, tell them what it's doing, see if they can't get it fixed for you. You probably either got an out-around tire, they didn't balance them right, or uh -huh. something is wrong. Well, they told me I needed a front-end alignment. No, ma'am. That won't make it shake. Exactly. You know, it may need a front-end alignment, but that's certainly not going to make it shake. Uh, alignment right. well, will make I it pull right or pull left. I didn't need the alignment before the tires because yeah. it didn't shimmy. It didn't do anything. It didn't That's, pull That is correct. Anything. Yeah, chance. So. I tell you what, go on my website, and there's an article in there, can a caveman mountain balance a tire? Okay. And just type in mountain balance or something like that, and okay. it'll give you a whole lot of information. When you go talk to them, you'll be loaded for bear. <laughs> you may, you may be better than you probably know more than they yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Well, thank you. All right. Yes, thank you, ma'am. Right, bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Four nine 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 five two six number on eleven fifty WJBO. Give us a call. And we're going back to lines with Chuck. Good morning, Chuck. Good morning. Enjoy your show. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I have a nineteen ninety nine Buick LeSabre, uh -huh. one hundred fifty eight thousand miles All right, on sir. it. Still going strong. Mm -hmm. Love the car. Now the horn starts going off on its own just parked in the garage or on the street it just starts blaring away does it just blow constantly chuck or does it bump 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 like a warning type uh, it's a constant blare i do not have an alarm system yeah most likely it's going to be the contacts in the horn cover is what i see cause that the most there's some little contacts in that cover where the airbag is and those will go out and they'll start to make when they shouldn't now, that covers part of the airbag assembly, which is extremely, extremely expensive. What you might want to do if you're not interested in keeping the car all original and you want to save some money, you can actually run an auxiliary button to the horn, and then that way you just push the button to blow the horn. <laughs> it's pretty sensitive sometimes. Mm -hmm. My hand just barely brushes. Right. Yeah, it's it gone go bad. Off. It's probably making when it shouldn't. That's almost always the problem with that. Because the relay goes bad, it may stick when you blow it and not quit, but it's not going to just blow on its own. Yeah, sometimes it'll, I'll just be driving along, it'll just go start off blowing, yeah, angle yeah. the steering wheel to get it to stop. That's exactly it. it. Yeah, that's going to be something in that airbag assembly. Okay. All well, right. I do appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks sir. Bye-bye. Well, we got to get on out of here. I want to tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning on the Automotive Hour. That's right, and we will be off the air next week with a recorded show. Well, the next not, two weeks, and we've got a composite show coming on. So Correct. So if you need a question answered, go to the website. Yep. I'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week, and have a good weekend. Yeah.